Welcome to this very special Encore rebroadcast episode of On the Range Podcast with Warhawk Tactical and Kelly Defense. This episode is in honor of Ron Danielowski, a former Marine, co-founder, and chief instructor of security and training company. We lost Ron this week, and we really enjoyed our time when he visited On the Range Podcast, and it was a true pleasure to meet Ron Danielowski. Thank you, Ron, for all that you've done for our industry. You will be missed. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of On the Range Podcast with Warhawk Tactical and Kelly Defense. Today is July 27th. How's it going today, Rick? Mark, it's going good. Just want to thank the viewers listening out there for giving us your most precious commodity, your time to tune in. And uh, appreciate all your support, guys. We are in the top 3% of all podcasts globally, and we could not do that without you. So if you're a first-time listener or even if you've been listening for a while, make sure you press that subscribe button. Uh, leave us a rating review. I don't care if it's even just a thumbs up emoji, just something to go ahead, kick that algorithm. And uh, just in a sidebar note, our in honor of Duco uh, Teutonic Distillery Bourbon will be coming out here shortly. So yes. stay tuned for that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, wherever yeah, but- you guys are today consuming this podcast, <clears throat> thank you for making this part of your day. Today's episode is brought to you by Killcliff. Go to killcliff.com, use promo code OTR15, there, Rick is uh, mm-hmm. ripping the grape CBD. Uh, OTR15, save yourself a boatload of cash. Get yourself some great energy drinks with ingredients that do not suck. They are fueling the American dream, and they support the uh, Navy SEAL Foundation. Love those guys. Also, when you're on KillCliff.com, make sure you check out the KillCliff Cult Club. Sign up and go ahead, and uh, the more you talk about, the more you earn. It's a rewards program. Also, we'd like to mention... Our partners, Combat Flip Flops. Go to combatflipflops.com. Use the promo code OTR25. Save 25%. I was rocking those on vacation this year. They have a lot of other stuff besides the flip flops. They also uh, support a lot of great uh, outreach. So go ahead and give them some support. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of um, burn some time here for a sec, just because I know uh, Les is somehow got bop, bumped off and, and yeah. we'll get him on board. Uh, but I'm just going to circle back to the whole uh, Duco piece for a minute because I think it's important. A lot yeah. of people have been asking. A lot of people have been uh, checking and stuff like that. So, again, um, Teutonic, you know, coming through again. We'll have the uh, the bottles out there once they go. I'll kind of give you guys the link so everyone can check that out. Guys, don't forget uh, Explosive Apparel Design. They've got the Blackbeard and Friends special uh, Duco series, whether it's the hoodie, the, the T-shirt, hats, flags, patches. Uh, I think they're even going to start doing some coins and stuff like that. But again, here's the beauty with those guys, man. UK company reaching out and doing great things. And oh, by the way, I didn't ask them to put anything to the charity. They just offered it. Uh, And if you kind of know anything about the British culture, you know, they're very good as far as charities and stuff like that. So uh, they've already put a thousand dollars towards the charity, which is absolutely fantastic. The same thing with the, uh, the bourbon is that goes out there. Again, portion of the proceeds will be going to charity. So I can't thank you guys enough. I can't thank you guys enough for all the support, all the prayers, all the comments, which I still have to get to. Um, They have just been just overwhelming. Um, But trust me, I will get to them here at some point because just, you know, everyone's asking. And and again, I'm not trying to make the show about me. Uh, We'll give less here a second and then we'll just jump on with Ron. But um, just been a little bit overwhelming with everything. But the uh, the support has been phenomenal, and trust me, I will circle back. Um, doing all right, you know, it's it is what it is. But um, yeah, so that's kind of where we stand. But I think what we'll do is we'll give uh, Les will jump on when Les jumps on. I mean, we got Ron on, so um, oh, and looks like Les is popping in as well. Yeah, let's go ahead and bring Ron on. Ron Danielowski from Distributed Security Inc. How's it going today, Ron? I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you. How you doing? Doing well, sir. Thank you for being here today. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, man. Um, Checking out your guys' website. A lot of interesting things going on. Uh, Give us a rundown on basically what uh, distributed security is. Uh, We're a private security company. We're like a hybrid security company. Uh, What we really focus on is training people uh, to defend themselves, their businesses, uh, their churches, their schools, their communities, uh, and really training the trainer, working on getting the instructor spun up. Uh, we've 
got a lot of material uh, that uh, we use to kick students off and uh, give the student, uh, the instructors a leg up on instructing rather than having to make up their own uh, curricula all over again. So we've got yeah. some good instructors to do that for us and it sure makes it easier than having to come up with your own stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. So Ron, how'd you guys get into this space? Was it something you've always been kind of in or what's, how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it started, uh, you know, for me, I dropped out of high school to join the Marine Corps when I was 17. Thank you for um, your service. Yeah, thank man. you for your service. I appreciate that. Um, uh, you're more than welcome. I, uh, joined the Marine infantry, uh, when I, when I signed up, that's all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, ended up really early on uh, becoming a primary marksmanship instructor. Um, I think it was like my second year. And that really, uh, I like shooting. I like shooting. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of stuck with me. I really like helping people uh, master shooting. Um, so that hung with me, uh, ended up shooting for the Marine team, ended up teaching at uh, weapons training battalion out in, uh, the West coast, MCRD, California, uh, while I was shooting for the team and coaching, uh, got out, boy, this is going to be, <laughs> got out, uh, started private contracting, um, worked with a, uh, large firearm school on the West coast, ended up going to the department of energy, um, mm -hmm. training there, uh, with those guys, um, I worked out at Fort Chaffee there, training those guys, the, uh, recruits for the department of energy's, uh, nuclear courier section, yep. um, went from there to the federal <laughs> air marshal program, uh, Artesia, New Mexico, uh, taught out of Fletzy, uh, Artesia, New Mexico with, uh, SAIC, uh, ended up, uh, going from there, uh, overseas, uh, worked first of all with, uh, DynCorp. Um, on the international police program, uh, did a little teaching there, not a lot, got picked up with Blackwater, uh, in Iraq, uh, ended up doing a lot of teaching there, got in the, uh, first firearms program for the department of, uh, department of state, uh, for, uh, contractors, uh, went through that, did a lot of training there, um, with the teams, uh, with my team, uh, ended up. In Baghdad, uh, eventually ended up as range master, um, blah, 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 uh, and then came stateside while I was uh, working Baghdad, um, started the school, I think it was, I'll say, 09-ish. And so, yeah, I've been doing this a while, really love, I think I heard uh, you mention it, uh, Rick, uh, you know, get a passion for it. You really want to teach people how okay. how to save their lives, how to save other lives, and um you know, when you have that passion and you know that it's not that difficult to do, you just don't see it getting done a lot. You know, you really want to reach out to people and, and make it happen for them. So that's kind of yeah. Yeah, my background. Awesome, brother. Unless yeah. we got you on. So glad you're, uh, I'm back. you're back in. Welcome yeah. back, homie. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I had to change browsers, man. That thing just completely took a dump on me. I'm like, all right, fine. You know, I'll, I'll, we'll do I'll the tech thing tonight. Yeah. Les, Les um, you just want to give us a quick rundown on yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um, grew up, joined the circus, I mean, the Army. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fell out of airplanes, broke other people's stuff, bounced around to lots of garden spots for, for a while. Um, Ron and I were in about the same time. Well, in fact, all four of us are about the same age. I mean, we, we all started off in pretty much the same spot give or take, you know, Ron being over on the, on the Marine Corps side. Um, in any case, uh, got out in 97, uh, did, uh, stayed in Alaska where I got out, um, ran a couple of my own business and some, uh, crazy stuff, just, you know, doing backcountry security for Japanese research biologists so they didn't get eaten by bears and, you know, a few different things. Um, moved back to the lower 48, um, Several years after that, I guess it was mid O's um, when I did that, uh, spent some time uh, manufacturing um, and uh, ended up over here at DSI as the uh, as the business development guy. But, um, you know, pretty much my entire my entire life from, I don't know, the mid 80s on has been, you know, training, teaching um, different stuff. Um, 
fair amount of hand-to-hand stuff. Um, you know, obviously the the firearm stuff, starting with the army and and different other things. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of the backstory about me. Um, not, you know, I, I don't have nearly the professional accolades that, that Ron does. So, you know, he's he's certainly the man in that regard. You brought up an interesting point, Les, that I got to, you know, kind of exploit here a little bit. So manufacturing, what were you manufacturing? Yeah. Well, um, when I first got out of the Army uh, in Fairbanks, when I left Fort Wainwright, um, I was running a, uh, a screen print shop. Um, so I was, I was on the bleeding edge of vets making t-shirts before vets were making t-shirts. Um, <laughs> so long, long before Ranger up and all the rest of that BS, man, uh-huh. I mean, I was out there scraping, scraping squeegees across, across screens and, and, uh, doing graphic design work and stuff like that. Um, so then there was, there was a point in my life when I was, uh, working in cabinetry, um, kind of on the higher end, the management side of things, um, and uh, spent some time bouncing around that world. That's actually ended up how I ended up coming uh, south of the Mason Dixon was uh, a new job or two. And um, just, you know, I- I'm sure there's some folks who absolutely love that particular world. I just don't happen to be that guy. Um, well, I got to tell you, though, Les, um, I know you were kind of downplaying your accolades a little bit, but how useful that real world experience on the business side of the house would have been for me and Rick. We talk about it all the time. So, uh, yeah, I, I imagine you're a very integral part of that team because that is huge because you can have all the talent in the world. If you can't sell it or if you can't get it seen, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. You know I mean? so good. On well, you no, on that. and, and that's, no, that, that's a key point. And, and I'll probably come back to it later, but you know, it kind of, surrounding the firearms world generally right in the training world specifically you know that's a fair point mark in that you know and i mean you guys all know as well as i do i mean there's there's no transition out of out of the military right i mean it's kind of a myth nobody (laughs) (laughs) nobody nobody teaches anybody on the other side of the fence how to how to run a business right um and look man I've, i've learned every hard lesson there is to learn you know, I've screwed up everything I could possibly screw up and, and got creative and found some new ways to screw up that nobody had thought of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be fair, I'm probably still doing it. Um, but in any case, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really key piece of, of, of conversation that, that we should have um, kind of about the training world. And, and I think this conversation tonight will start to play to that a little bit. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I, I I appreciate I appreciate the vote of confidence, Mark, and, and thank you for that. And yeah, there are certainly some lessons learned, you know, that I pulled out of that world. Um, would I go back to it? Nope. Um, very happy where I am, doing what I'm doing, uh, working for me, uh, working for, for working for Dia. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there there are some there are definitely some things to learn over there you know, on, on that side of things that, that do come in handy and, and give me an advantage in certain ways. So, yeah. Yeah. And you hit that but, whole transition uh, process process less, you know, it, it, I got to capitalize on that for a second because yeah, you are, you are 100% spot on. And, you know, I know we get a lot of veterans and stuff like that. that listen to the podcast. Uncle sugar does not set you up for success when it comes to getting out. Yep. And it's, yep. How do you, you know, I would tell anyone getting out prior to, so here's a prime example. Let's say your business plan is to bid on government contracts. Well, nobody tells you that you've got to be in business three years prior to even apply for your service disabled <laughs> veteran or small business, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so let's think about right. it. If I get out and go, boom, I think I'm going to have this shoe in, you're already three years behind the power curve. And it's all just, just education. That's one minute point. Yeah. I, I had, I knew nothing about social i knew nothing about websites all this other stuff now you get industry partners asking you hey man where's the social where's your website under construction yeah yeah what does that mean i don't know you've seen it on somebody else's so it, it's got to be good um yeah. but no you, you're 100 right well just- and well the key the key thing that i see and 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 you, you you almost banged into it rick you know that 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 being behind the curve three years you know, mm-hmm. if you spend four years in, if you spend eight years in, if you spend 15, 20, 30 years in, the reality is when you get back out in the world, you're behind whatever period of time you spent 
working for the machine, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. right? I mean, because in that period of time, your peers from when you were 18, 20 years old have all progressed over that period of time where you haven't learned yeah. anything about the real world, right? Yeah. And and so that is, I mean, it, it can be a significant handicap. Um, and, it, it, you know, it sucks. Uh, and we're all in a situation where we find we're have, we feel like we're having to make up ground and learn, you know, try to cram, you know, decades worth of knowledge into a really short period of time so that we can compete. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, man, it's, it's, it's tough. It's not easy. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, let, let's come back to that because I, I think there's, I think there's some really, some really interesting things to talk about that there in terms of business model, in terms of things that, that guys in this industry could be doing a lot better and understanding better, um, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of platforms, in terms of social media, in terms of a lot of stuff. And well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a really valuable conversation. Yeah. I mean, we're already at a, at a disadvantage socially wise. Because all the platforms, if you're anything firearms related to a, you're already in the hole. Um, yep. Starting off, you know, one foot in the shadow band. So you're fighting that. But understand, it's a free marketing platform, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think what we've learned is drive people to the website. You know, so when people mm -hmm. ask, hey, where can I find you? Warhog.com. You know, because there you can find my social links if you want to go there. Sign up for the right. email list. That's that's the kind of things that I want interaction wise. Not so much that, hey, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. They can all shut you down tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But your, well, web, right, your right. website, your website, your constant. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a lot. That's a lot more difficult for them to interfere with. And so, you know, the basic rule is if you're operating on somebody else's platform, whoever it is you're talking to there, whatever interaction, whatever level of interaction you have isn't really yours. Right. It's not yours mm -hmm. until. You've drawn, brought them to your website. You've got their email address, and you know how to contact them directly off of that that you know second party, third party platform. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean that's that's key. And and the thing is, right? You know, let, let's take Instagram as an example. You know, I mean, Instagram, YouTube, any of them really. You know, you can look at how many followers you got. You know, whatever it is, but. You know that that that's not a measure of success. You know, if you got half a million followers, that's not success, right? Because the only thing that that measures success is money coming in. It's all revenue, and so the only thing that builds revenue is that you have to convert those folks into your customers. Mm -hmm. And so, if you've got, you know, if you've got, you know, let's say in our case, okay, we've got we've got our online defense academy as a supplement to our range training. Um where, you know, we do the pre-range training so that we don't do a bunch of admin work and stuff like that on the on the range, you know, so it's all trigger time there. But, you know, if we've got half a million followers, let's say on Instagram, we, we don't mess with Instagram. But on the subscription side, we've got, you know, 50, 50 folks. That's a horrible, horrible conversion rate, uh -huh. right? We're not, we're not drawing any revenue. And so we can, we can spend a whole lot of time and energy you know, pushing content on on the social media platforms and see nothing in return. Right. I mean, yeah. we're just spinning our wheels. We're you know, we may be a household name, but nobody's sending us a check. Um, and from a business point of view, that's death. Right. So, you know, nobody nobody pays the bills with with hope and unicorn farts. You know, that's not how that works. So, you know, you got to have year. somebody willing. Yeah, 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 maybe. Maybe that's part of the new green deal or green new deal, right? Um, so, you know, we, we, we can always hope. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of that sort of stuff that, that you know, the, 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 the content marketers um, and the, the personal brand folks, you know, are just completely off base about, you know. Mm -hmm a brand isn't, isn't, doesn't revolve around a person. Okay. A brand is a different thing. A brand is what your, what your, uh, market says that it is after you've sold whatever it is that you sell product or service thousands of times, mm -hmm. you know, yep. you can kind of, you can kind of guide what you'd like your brand to end up as, but you don't actually get to dictate that in the end Mark, it's going to tell you that. So, you know, that that's that that cult of personality, personal branding thing is is man, it's smoke and mirrors. 
You know, it's it's, you know that, it's um, tough to tough to really capitalize on. Yeah, you were talking about converting uh, uh, followers from social to mm-hmm. to followers on your website, and Ron, you may be able to get into this. And you had mentioned the uh, the online academy. Was that something that you had up and running before the pandemic, or is that something that evolved because of the pandemic? No, um, we've had the Defense Academy up and running for I think is almost as long as we've been in business. And the reason we did that is we strictly, as less mentioned, uh, we really wanted to segregate uh, the declarative, the educational portion uh, that we offered the students, you know, pre-course, post-course, all that from the range training so we could buy them that invaluable trigger time uh, that everybody wants. So yeah, we've had the DEI up there for a very long time. It's almost as old as the school. Oh, no kidding, because I know the NRA kind of jumped on that and some of the other, you know, with the online education piece, and they had the uh, the hybrid training. Yeah. Um, so you guys were way way ahead of the power curve on that. Good on you, man. How's yeah. that working out anyway, especially because of the pandemic? The uh, online portion is only there to support the range training. That's the only reason that's there, right? Gotcha. So um, pandemic really had nothing to do with us, uh, with our business model. Um, yeah, it's the, the Defense Academy is only there to buy us more trigger time, you know, to leave that educational information where people can access it on their own time, right, rather than our invaluable tra- range training time or the dry practice time. So, gotcha. yeah. Well, and one yeah, of the things that, that, that makes what so one of the things that makes even well, I mean, the, the, the DA even more unique is real central to our our training is we have essentially a 12-week itemized daily uh, training plan that we give each of our clients on the front end. Um, So folks come to us, they want to train, that's fine. Uh, They sign up for a DMA DA membership and we outline for for, a full quarter for 12 weeks exactly what they should be doing and then punctuate that over the course of time with with the range training. Um, so like our tier four, uh, handgun combative handgun course is a 16 hour course and we can deliver that as two days on the range, or we can deliver that in four, four hour modules over the course of time. We can right now, Ron's, uh, working on delivering it one hour at a time as an adult learning, uh, framework, um, over the course of 12 or 13 weeks. Um, but we start with that plan. And, you know, they can set the dates however they want. They can go through that thing at their pace. It's real interactive. We have a copy. They have a copy. And, you know, so they can confer with us at any point when they're when they're building those those fundamental skills and starting to build those training grooves and, and avoid training scars. Um, and that leads them right into the DA where they've got all those resources, all those training resources. It's not like you know, if, if you fly across the country to one of the brick and mortar, you know, one of the brick and mortars. And, you know, if you get a, a, a syllabus or a curriculum at all, you end up handing it back in at the end of two or three days on the range, right? This, you've got those resources available to you for reference and study, you know, as long as you're punched into the DA. Hmm. Um, so, you know, we take a real, a real, you know, close interest in, making sure that we're prepping people properly and giving them a good baseline so that they can benefit absolutely the most they possibly can from the time on the range. And then after the range, you know, after they've, they've gone through say tier four combative handgun, I mean, we're doing uh, dry practice training in the mornings, three times a week, virtually, where again, we're working through that curriculum on a, a dry practice basis. Um, and people can ask, you know, people can pop in. Our students are there, ask questions, clarify things, um, so that they continue to practice after the fact. Um, you know, one of the one of the things it was kind of interesting. I was, I don't know, it was zero three zero four here one morning uh, about a month ago, and I was I was watching the interview you guys did with Jim Earl, um, and uh, you know, Jim Jim started talking about all the all the crazy stuff that we've all seen on the range as instructors right all the all the goofball stuff that you know you wish didn't happen but it does because there's there's a a training disparity right 
You know, this guy's got more training than that guy, got better training than the guy next to him. You know, whatever it is that causes that. And it occurred to me, I'm like, wow, you know, you know, Ron and I don't deal with that to the same degree. We've seen it in, in, in previous lives, you know, but we don't deal with it, you know, to the same degree. Um, and I, I think that owes directly to the fact that we've got, you know, a very prescriptive program through the training plan and through the DA so that when folks get to the range, we know pretty much where they are when they get there. Um, and so it, it makes things a lot simpler for us. It makes, makes our, our uh, instruction time an awful lot more efficient. I'd like to think more effective, uh, but certainly more efficient. Um, and so as a result, you know, that's, that's pretty key. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm the last guy who's ever going to advocate for the fact that there should be, you know, some, some sort of mandated baseline. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not that guy at all. Um, but I know that, I know that as, as an independent instructor, it, it, it can be a distraction and it can make things difficult if you've got a wide disparity of skill set or skill levels uh, showing up for the range on any given day, just because yeah. they don't have the background that, that, you know, we all do. I mean, they, they don't have the same, same training level, same training time, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, what's really interesting about that is that we, I mean, you know, we have, and Ron, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we have on several occasions made that stuff available, uh, to instructors and guys who were teaching, um, kind of outside our organization, but we had, you know, we had a student that, you know, couldn't find one of our instructors locally. Um, and they they're like hey well what about this guy can i go to the range with this guy well okay yeah we haven't certified him it looks like he's got a good program here if you want to share this stuff with him so he knows what you've been working on um and you can continue to go that same direction if you see value in this then all right here go ahead yeah so pretty much go ahead ron sorry i was gonna uh say you know the real value here as an instructor is being able to build that relationship before they get to the range, right? It's not the first time they're seeing your face, getting to have this. I mean, I know it, it, it's the internet and people get out of hand, but when you know you're going to be seeing somebody, sure, right? You know, uh, it, it becomes uh, a, a normal communication space for people. Mm -hmm. And you have the opportunity then to see what the student's goals are, how those align with the curricula I have. And then just as importantly, after they've gone through the training, one hour, two hour, four hours, two days, whatever, now they've got something to come back to, which was that uh, individual training plan that you guys know if you go to a two-day, four-day course, especially for somebody who is kind of new to whatever course you're going to, whether it's a writer's edge course or a gun course, that's really drinking from a fire hose. And then what ends up happening is, you know, you get stuffed with all kinds of neat, cool stuff, but it doesn't stick in here because then you go home and then they don't use it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a driving course, whatever they're doing, they're not going to be doing the same thing. And so the beauty then behind that is you have that individual training plan. And then as an instructor, you've got however many days a week you're doing dry practice with your students you can walk them through that individual training plan now you're just reviewing the stuff they went over right digging deeper into it you're still building that relationship they're still asking questions you're still getting in there you're making fixes you know and the learning curve picks up tremendously you know and they stick with that so that's the benefit of segregating uh that information and buying yourself and leveraging that time. That's the way I feel anyway, uh, sure. for that range, you know, as I, every minute I spend with a student, I don't want to be talking about anything I can potentially put on the internet that they're not going to train on. They're just going to, you know, intellectually absorb it and we can have discussions, et cetera, et cetera. But when we're on the range, I really want that work being done on the range, being on the gun handling, being on, put on the tourniquets, asking those really relevant questions that you, really want to deal with on the range, making sure everything's right, making sure they're doing it, getting the 
getting enough repetitions in so that when they do go home, it's at least has an opportunity to stick with them a little bit. So by the time you get to the dry practice, it's going to be much easier for them to remember what you did, refresh it, and then make it stick because they're practicing it correctly time and time again through the online dry practice, whatever it is. But just to be clear, the <laughs> Defense Academy is not a substitute for the training. It's only sure. enhancing the training. Yeah. 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 A lot of people come away with, oh, you guys do online training. Well, it's supplemental yeah. for firearms training. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally get what you're doing. It's like, hey, yeah. Here's, yeah. Your, here's your admin stuff that you can do prior to. You know, so whether you want to talk about nomenclature of firearms, however you guys do it, that's stuff that you can do. You want to say at home, cool. You don't need to physically be on the range burning time. M- makes total sense. Yeah. But my question to you guys is, so is this like a subscription type service? Is it a one-time mm-hmm. like um, range tuition? How does that work? And then I take they've got to come to your place. So so it's targeted kind of to people in your local area. Is that correct? Am I off? Man, yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, I mean, that's roughly right. But yeah, so the, the DA is a subscription service. Um, it's a monthly, monthly pay as you go. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the basic, the basic membership I think is 19 a month and the advanced membership where you get access to a, a fair amount more information is, is 39 a month. Um, but yeah, so that's a subscription thing and that's what gives you access to all the, all the intellectual property that we've built, all the training resources, all that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the physical range training, um, is in addition to that. Um, so our, our tier four, uh, combative handgun is what, eight, $800 for two days. Um, so, you know, I mean, roughly the same, same prices as everybody else who's working on, on, you know, kind of the, the topper, you know, the, the upper tier of, of training, uh, for civilians. Um, but the, the big thing is really guys is that training, you know, training is formulaic, right? Training equals instruction plus practice. And, you know, so you're only going to get so much, you know, from from instruction alone. You know, if you don't use those skills, they're they're highly perishable. You'll never be you know, you'll never have a a usable skill set. Just go into the range for two days. Right. That's that that's that's unrealistic. Um, That's not an expectation that that anybody should have. You know, you've got to be able to to continue to apply those skills um, in a realistic way after the fact to maintain that. Um, otherwise it's just not there for you to use when you need it. You know, shifting gears a little bit, I noticed in your website, which is incredible. It's a lot of information in there, target hardening, fortifying, you know, having an operational plan, having a safety plan, mm-hmm. immediate action plan. Is that something that you're being asked to do? So our, our primary, our primary business is actually the enterprise side of things. Um, so, uh, businesses, churches, schools, um, you know, community organization sort of stuff. And we're building proprietary in-house security teams, um, whether it's from employees at a manufacturing operation, uh, parishioners at a local church, uh, teachers and staff at schools. Um, essentially we take small groups of those, typically groups of six, um, and, and teach them how to act as a competent security force. Um, and so the reason for that obviously is that, you know, despite best intentions, law enforcement can't be everywhere all the time. Um, bad things happen and law enforcement will, will respond, but there's a critical response gap there between the inception of the event and when law enforcement can, you know, actually get there and, and do the job. Right. Um, and so what those security teams are designed to do is a <clears throat> respond immediately again, as the event occurs and then create a coordinated handoff to law enforcement when they arrive, um, saves a lot of trouble for law enforcement, um, in that they don't have to identify where a shooter is. For example, they don't, they don't have to worry about breach of the door. The, the organization, the enterprise can actually coordinate that on the front end. Um, so, you know, statistically speaking, that's that's a much more effective uh, method of dealing with things just in terms of cost of life, um, because for every minute that, that an incident like that goes on, you lose 
you know, seven to 10 statistically, either injured or dead. <clears throat> um, so if you can confront a situation like that up front uh, or sooner, knowing that, again, statistically, most of those shooters will, you know, either surrender or take their own lives, you know, you've got the potential to save an awful lot of life and, and property damage and all that sort of stuff, being able to intervene uh, before law enforcement can can be there. Um, so, you know, we have a couple of other other things going as well. We've got some quick response teams um, that enterprises have asked for. Uh, essentially, that's a retainer basis um, and it's a short engagement. So, you know, if there's unrest, if there's things like that, um, we can <clears throat> put a, a team on the ground um, while at the same time training that enterprise uh, to defend itself on a follow in a follow on manner. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, a lot of the, the, uh, target hardening and that sort of stuff, uh, comes out of our command school, um, curriculum, uh, which is a curriculum for executives who are looking to, to build out their, their own internal security forces. Um, and kind of, it's, it's kind of the C2 piece, uh, for executives, um, and allows them to, to learn how to implement what we're, what we're doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of different stuff that we do, but our primary, our primary focus really is the enterprise stuff. Um, but with five to 8 million brand new gun owners out there, um, we do have the first yeah. gun owners program going right now. Um, and again, that, that comes back to the individual training. Because I'm I'm thrilled to see all those all those new hands on guns. I really am, um, but I you know I truly believe that they're they're going to be much more effective if they get some competent training. Um, you know they're not going to be a danger to themselves and others. It's you know the that that instrument is less likely to sit in a closet and collect dust or or hold papers down on the desk or you know what what have you. Um, yeah. You know that that tool really should come with some education, you know, because yeah. uh, otherwise you don't know what you get. Yeah. And, and I think less with that, what you're, what you're starting to see is now where ammo is starting to become more available because that was the big problem. You know, you had guys purchasing a firearm that they could get whatever box of bullets for that firearm. Didn't yeah. matter mm -hmm. what it was like, Oh, that comes with a box of bullets. I'll take that. Well, I'm sure not going to shoot my box of bullets to train with it. Right. So, right. I think what you're going to start seeing here is as the availability is starting to get out there. Now you're going to start seeing more of those first time yeah. gun owners, hopefully uh, realize that. Yeah. Okay. You know, let's get out and get some training and be competent with whatever firearm they purchased. Right. Well, yeah. And, and again, I mean, you know, as much as I like concealed carry, you know, concealed carry education isn't training either. Right. And, and mm -hmm. we all know that as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's necessary from, from a permitting point of view. Okay. For the government, I got it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a box to check. Um, but in terms of, of, you know, actual proficiency, there's just not enough, there's not enough information there. There's not enough instruction. There's not enough rounds down range to get there from, you know, from here, uh, via, via that sort of coursework. Um, so again, I mean, you know, I would encourage any, any first gun owners <laughs> that are listening to this. Yeah. By all means, if you want to carry, do that concealed carry course. Uh, it's not, our thing. you know, I, 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 I don't make a single buck telling you to do that. Um, but don't stop there, right? Go on, yeah. continue to train, learn more stuff. Um, because again, it's a perishable skill at whatever level you've, you've achieved it. Um, doesn't matter how far you've gone. If you don't continue to use that and, and train it and practice it, it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as far as like your state, what's the requirement for someone getting concealed carry permit? Is it just classroom education? Is it actual range time as well? Because you've seen such a disparity across the country. You yeah, know, every state's different. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, well, let's see. I've lived, I've lived in states where there was no training requirement whatsoever. Um, currently, I'm in VA and there's you can do it via internet certificate if you're a vet there's no there's you know, a form of law enforcement there's no training requirement um 
you know, that may change at some point. I don't know. I mean, they change laws all the time, right? Sure. Um, Ron's Ron's over by the Mississippi. He's he's got a you know a whole different set of criteria over there. Don't even get me started on Illinois, man. It's six. 16 hours of death by PowerPoint, man. And they call oh, yeah. it training. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. I, I, I noticed you didn't uh, mention that in your list of accolades at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my number one, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it's horrible, man. I, 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 you know, and it ruins students. Sure. You yeah. know, I mean, it ruins students. I have like a major bone to pick with that kind of shit, man. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, um, because 16 hours in a classroom in their head, in their head. Well, this is firearms. This is firearms training. This is what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it like I never want to do this again. That was the most pow- painful thing I've ever done. Yeah. That's horrible. It's horrible what they put them people through, you know, them people. I had to go through it too. horrible what they put people through. You know, I got to skip like eight hours because uh, I was that right. <laughs> you know, so I got off. Well. Had you attended that eight hours, you probably would have had a totally different uh, probably yeah. <laughs> probably would have had a completely different view on the value of that training. Oh, that was man. the good stuff. Yeah, that yeah. was the good. stuff. I missed the good stuff. <laughs> that, that eight hours of epiphany. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's horrible. Well, you yeah. guys got a lot going on, and uh, the enterprise stuff is very interesting because I think that's a, something that, uh, especially with the unrest and, and some of the other things going on in the last uh, eighteen months, that's a real thing for these these folks to be concerned about, and they should. And they should. And uh, turning to distributed security, uh, I think that's a step in the right direction, especially with the site surveys and and that kind of thing, just on their locations alone. Getting a peace of mind, though, can be a dangerous thing. They think that they don't need to continue that type of service that you guys provide. And it's the exact opposite. You need to keep building upon it and building upon it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the beauty of that, though, is, I mean, you know, there's plenty of companies out there that are doing contract services, right? I mean, they're getting uniform guards at whatever price. And sure. it, look, it's it's a whole lot more cost effective for us to train six employees at an enterprise than it is for them to pay an ongoing contractual price to have just yeah. one more set of eyes on the ground that's going to do nothing but call nine one one in an emergency. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Or call in sick. So you know what I mean? Well, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the benefit to using you know using your employees in that role is that I mean they've got a vested interest. The business considered continuing to run. They're showing up for work every day anyway, so they you know cash the check every other week. Um, there, you get to choose. You know, you're not just having the company send whoever they're going to send. You know, you get to actually vet. You know, the 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 guys that you're going to have defending your enterprise uh, as a business owner. So I mean, you know, there's a ton of benefits to going that route. You know, there's there's just an awful lot of benefit there that that you know hasn't been fully realized at this point yet. Um, you know, and it's it's built it's built on the model the the the, the distributed security model that we all saw in the, in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, putting those places back together. You know, it's that yeah. same sort of idea. So, so on that, guys, uh, obviously you're you know you two are geographically separated. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of where's your your corporate headquarters? Where's your satellite branches? So, for example, can somebody get? the firearms portion up in Virginia, down by Mississippi, where are you guys located at across the country? Yeah. So our, our, our foot, essentially the I-80 corridor from uh, Des Moines or the Quad Cities uh, over to Pittsburgh and then down into Virginia. Um, now, we, we do have a virtual team and we are kind of all over the place. I'm a Virginia, Ron's in Illinois. Uh, we're actually incorporated in Illinois. Our CEO is living in central Michigan. Uh, we've got uh, our, our doc is actually in uh, Toledo. Uh, we've got uh, training going on in Cody, Wyoming, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're around quite a little bit. Um, okay. So, you know, there's, there's, there's potential in lots of different places, but our primary footprint is that, you know, 80 to 76 to 81 quarter. Um, essentially Iowa, the Mississippi over or down to, to Virginia. So, hmm. okay. And I noticed on your website too, um, I guess the website be the best, best place to start if someone's looking for some training, correct? And I know you have a calendar that's uh, updated pretty regularly. 
We do. Um, you know, again, for the first gun owners, um, the first time gun owners, probably the, the, the best place to start is firstgunowners.com. Um, and the reason I say that is there are actually some training deals there, uh, some training packages um, on the, the, the online defense academy and, and that sort of thing. Uh, for the more experienced uh, gun owners, uh, more experienced training guys, uh, there's certainly a lot of benefit on the website um, and starting there maybe with an advanced program or just, you know, getting a hold of our training calendar, like you mentioned, uh, Mark, and getting a hold of us, finding a class time and, and place that, that makes sense for you. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot there, distributedsecurity.com, firstgunowners.com. Um, you know, we can we can accommodate an awful lot of folks in an awful lot of different places. So. Yeah, and uh, along that line, uh, I was, I think, I, like asked at least once, uh, and you were talking about the students that don't have an instructor. You know what, what's with that? Um, so, when we originally designed this, uh, we wanted it to be scalable. It was something that you know we didn't want everybody coming to one centralized location. We wanted to get as we're doing now, getting you know many facilities up and. Part of that challenge is finding students instructors. Um, and so, as Les mentioned, we have the individual uh, daily uh, or the individual training plan, daily tra training plan. And uh, then we have our manuals. Um, and those manuals work hand in hand with the website, with everything. Um, so, you know, at, like for instance, you, Rick, you know, you'd be able to pick this up and be like, oh, you already know this stuff. This is the format it's in. You'd be able to pick yeah. up a student right away and say, yeah, I can accommodate that. This is what you're going to do, this, et cetera, et cetera. So we've mm -hmm. made it so the students, you know, we want to reach out with to other instructors. So, you know, they don't have to come up with a curricula. I mean, that's a long flipping process, man. That's a head banging process there. Um, and so, you know, to be able to just pick up the curricula, use it, know that it's a good, competent curriculum, that it's solid for them, for their students, uh, that, you know, okay, yeah, I'm not doing exactly this. I'm doing this other thing. But, yeah, I can do this with this curricula and I can give you the product you want. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we made it really transportable like that. Did you guys adjust your round counts at all? Um, with everything going on as far as shortages, or do you kind of stay, or you're not a very high round count? We're not okay. like a we're not like a super high round. I mean, I know there's guys out there over two days that'll burn through without two thousand rounds, thousand five hundred mm -hmm. rounds. We're pretty low round count on that end of it uh, because we make up big time for that with a dry practice three times mm -hmm. a week. Okay. So you know it allows us instead of to do a just trying to get, like I said, cram everything in with a whole mm -hmm. bunch of shooting and potentially developing some bad habits. Uh, it allows us to draw that out over a longer period of time so it actually sinks in with them. Uh, they don't need as many rounds because they're going to do a lot of practice at home, dry practice at home. Yep. So, yeah, the round count really hasn't cha changed that much. We may have went up 50, down 100, but that was more due to the course of fire than it was yeah. the, the, you know, scuffling for rounds with people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty typically man. four to five hundred rounds. So, yeah, for a, a day or is that over a two day or what's kind of your. Yeah, yeah so over, over two a, days. Typically, it's coming up on five hundred rounds over over 16 hours. OK, well, it's it's been great talking to you and it seems like you really got your stuff going in the right direction and have been for a long time because. Thank you. Um, you know, the dry fire stuff, you just don't hear that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, oh yeah, that's it's was your piece. I saw, I like that piece, Rick. I saw that. <laughs> I, I remember that now you did a dry fire piece. I remember that. Oh, that was I've, good. I've done, I've done quite a bit of dry fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so if you look at even in my, uh, my instructional videos I did with uh Panty or just stuff yeah. on YouTube, whatever I harp dry fire all the time because yeah. nobody does it. Right. Nobody and, does and it. it's, it's like a challenge, especially my LEOs. Hey man, yeah. here's my challenge to you. All I need is 15 minutes in a week. Just give me five minutes, three days a week. That's it. It might save your life. But hey, yeah. what do I know? So, you know, it's it, it's it is literally the secret of champions. And I don't know why. Mm -hmm. um, just it, because, well, I'll okay. tell you why, because it's work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, why? Why do the work when you can go to the class? And, you know, I learned that last year. But it's no different. Stuff. It's no different going to the range. If you think about it, the range should oh, be no. work, too. 
but yeah. nobody's nobody's got a plan when they go out there. They just go out yeah. there with a couple boxes of bullets and let's go shoot whatever and yeah. have no concept that hey, all I'm doing is verifying my marksmanship and my recoil management for my dry fire training. Right. So in essence, in essence, my range section should be fairly short because I've done all my homework for my dry. Exactly. I'm just I'm just confirming everything. How fucking but, crazy is that? But you know, what do I know? I, yeah. It's not yeah. well. It's not yeah. cool. It's not what you see on the uh, the social. And that's, yeah. that's a lot of it. You know, it's a shame that it is, but, uh, you know, the Patreon group that we have, they see a lot of the dry fire stuff and, um, uh, that's where you make your money. We talk about it all the time. So yeah, but, students uh, are like, man, you, 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 you practice this a lot, right? But what else do you got? This is pretty much it, bro. I know yeah, it looks this boring, is it, but man. this is well, where you get the skills. But yeah. here's, here's the other thing I'm going to add in there. Um, so it was, let me get my year straight. Yeah, it was last year. Uh, it shot before everything got crazy. The, um, Evic and their Airsoft, I went to their booth, mm-hmm. sold, sold me on Airsoft as a supplemental training mm-hmm. tool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, especially yeah. the way it is with their electronic target. And so much so I did an entire instructional DVD on that thing. Yes. That's, that's how much I feel. So yes, you can do dry fire, which don't get me wrong. Good to go. I highly support that. Dry fire you can take to the next level because now I can actually get projectiles going that's right. on, that's on right. an electronic target, which, oh, by the way, I can do it three o'clock in the morning when I go, Hey, you know, I can't sleep or whatever. Boom, go get some training in. And especially this in age, it's super cost effective. I think I can get 5,000 BBs for like 20 bucks or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, and train all you want. So it, there's plenty of tools out there. People just have to execute and make it happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I, a huge fan of Airsoft. Uh, you're absolutely right. Being able to get that visual and the recoil. There's certain things you just cannot do, uh, just dry practice. Certain mm-hmm. malfunctions that you can't be uh, working with and through um, that you can. But with that and UTM, I'm a big fan of UTM as well, except that's a little, lot more expensive than the Airsoft. It, yeah, that, that, that's super super pricey on that end. But I'm super you, pricey, but it's worth. It is, but take a look at that Gunpower uh, electronic target. That's a game changer when it comes to the whole airsoft, that's what sold me on it. That whole target system alone. I will hit was, you up on the side and get the, uh, I'll write that down yeah. somewhere. What is it? Yeah. So here, here's the easiest thing. Gunpower target. Here's the easiest thing. Warhog.com industry partners, scroll down to Evic, press it. It'll link you right there to the, uh, the 24 inch monitor. I think it's like 550 bucks. That thing is money. Or if you scroll on YouTube, you'll see, I got a couple of videos on that thing. That, that system is what sold me. And it's an absolute game changer. I would, you know, if you could talk to your, uh, your student base, excuse me, and they could pick that up. I think it's an absolute game changer. So definitely look into it. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. Buddy. Too easy. Well, great show. And really appreciate you taking time away from your day. I know you guys are busy. I know Ron, you got something coming up. You have to break away and really hope if you have anything, you know, new coming up, or if you want to push something out, please, you know, feel free to come back to the show and, and uh, sit with us again. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. Absolutely. So yeah, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm if doing a tour it. in five minutes. Just we'll get to but yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. All right, man. You guys take care. Appreciate you. Well. Yeah, man. A lot of they got a lot of stuff going on, man. And go to uh, distributedsecurity.com and check out their website. It's very comprehensive. And yep. uh, go see what they got going on. But uh, if you're listening to the audio side of the house. Make sure you leave us a rating. Go ahead and give us a comment. Interact with those shows. But at the very least, on the audio and the video side, share these videos and share these audio uh, episodes just to get the word out and uh, pass them along and and uh, keep it going. So, Just uh, appreciate uh, Jeremy, Brent, Abe, Mr. Chuckwagon, and uh, Jeff for tuning in, dumping some comments. Greatly appreciated. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so in closing, Duco stories. So here's the thing. Uh, and I'm going to kind of throw mama under the bus here a little bit for this one. Right. <laughs> so you got to understand when Duco first came home, he didn't understand things like goldfish, right? Mama made him understand what goldfish were. So, so the little I sure training, don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess she thought, Hey, why should he be cheated? So now all of a sudden it's, you know, from the dog training side, right? They're all about their treats, you know, reward, all that other stuff. Uh, uh-uh. he comes home living the retired life and mama just chumming him with the treats. It's like, <laughs> Hey, here you go, buddy. He's like, I got to do nothing and just get these snacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. then it was, you know, you take it a step further. 
So he didn't know what it was to eat off the ground. You know, it wasn't like looking for snacks and, oh, mama's sitting there making dinner. Something falls off the counter. Dude. <laughs> you know, yeah. Little, little toe point. And now he's sitting there getting <laughs> snacks. Yeah. So, so you got to fast forward this a little bit, right? As things go on, she starts chumming them. You know, she's feeding them from the table. Now, where do you think he goes? Right there. And of course, he's got that heavy breath breathing on her leg. And she's like, my legs are getting all hot. And I'm like, you need to do something with your dog. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You, you, <laughs> you own I'm this. Sorry, <laughs> you train that one. Yeah. So you're going to keep that one. So her dog training, you know, and Duke's uh, new learned response was hang out with mama when it's time to eat or just hang around her because he's either going to get snacks, scraps from the table. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of, uh, it was just a pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool transition. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about almost losing digits maybe on the next one. Talk about that as notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you know what? Uh, we're looking forward. we got another show coming uh, up this week. It's going to be the launch of the new Splinter show. Yeah, buddy. So uh, what we're doing is we're going to launch the uh, the Warhog Words of Wisdom. Um, here's the thing. This was something I started with Duco. So what you're going to do or, or what you're going to hear, see, it's probably better if you watch it, but um, we're going to put it on the audio portion as well. But it was me and Duke. Uh, I wanted to do, I just dubbed it Words of Wisdom, just a raw, unedited, yep, and there's a little show art for it. Yeah. Uh, sneak that, peek. That's it, man. Sneak peek for those of you that's still tuned on, so good for you guys. Yeah. But that's basically a, a, a shot that Mark did from our very first one. So I believe that was from our last round of chemo uh, down in Georgia, and – I just threw the camera up and we just talked about osteosarcoma uh, in dogs and stuff. And here's the thing, guys, you know, it's, I think we kind of hit on it before. Um, I don't want to say, you know, procrastinating, but I, I didn't, I wanted to do more of these things earlier on and I didn't, and I wish I had. So kind of my takeaway to you guys, if you're going to do something, do it. You know, yeah. I, I got it. I was trying to get the studio, the studio all set up and wanted it to look nice. You know what? Just grab that stuff, man. Uh, or just do whatever, you know, same thing with the journaling, you know, I'm at least journaling daily kind of, Hey, what my day consists of. Boom. Yeah. Flip, flip flopped around. Flip -flop. I like it. Um, but, uh, you make a very, you make a very good point. Um, you're right. It, it, it is, it would have been nice to have many more, mm -hmm. but the ones that you do have are that much more important to you and yeah. it's driven you to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So now we're having a whole new show. Yeah. You know, and, so and, a lot of good yeah. stuff coming out of that, you know, out of a, out of a situation that you wish had been, you know, a little bit different and had, totally. uh, had yeah. more uh, episodes with him in it. Yep. Yeah. So. You know, I think, I think we've got, um, I'll, I won't leave the number. I'll, I'll let you guys just tune in and, and check it out. But, um, yeah. You know, the thing is, my plan is, is to, can, you know, continue that um, because that was something we wanted to do. I don't know if you want to do it. He's glad to hang out with dad. But I said, yeah, we wanted to do that, do that together. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just another way. Again, will I say, hey, guys, Rick and Duke, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe. I, I, who knows? You know, yeah. uh, we'll figure that out. But I will, I will tell you this. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. Um, because again, when, when the Duco ones end, uh, I've already got a plan how we're doing the next series and you guys are going to have to tune in, uh, because there's going to be something there and, and it's probably going to be more on the visual side. I mean, we'll still put the audio out. That's fine, but you'll miss a little bit something, um, by just catching the audio. So yeah, it's going to be that, a great, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be, yeah, great, dude, great. It, it's, it's, yeah, it was something uh, something we want to do. I let life, I let business, I let other things, uh, get in the way and nope, it's going to be a focus. We're going to get it done. We're figuring out, um, how to get the, the screen all set. Mark's already got the art for it. And <laughs> trust me guys, when, when this thing kicks, it's yeah. going to be epic. And I think we're going to try to shoot for Every Thursday, right? That's going to be. Yeah, our... we're going to try to go for Thursdays. Uh, yep. the, this this week being the first. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be posting something on that tomorrow. So it's going to be yep. up and running. And then we have another idea for another show coming up. We want to get this uh, Warhog uh, Words of Wisdom out there. And it's important to us to get those out there with uh, Duco on there and mm-hmm. and uh, kick that off with a bang. And I think it's just going to be great. So, but, yeah. Uh, and, hey, you know. And you've been – listen here, bud. I, I got to tell you, you've been spot on, right? So oh, thank you, you. You redid the show art, um, stuck Duke on there. You know, you got the Words of Wisdom pretty much ripped that exactly from – episode number one i mean totally spot on as far as the support goes uh everybody that's you know listening has some some type of touch with me uh has been fantastic you know duke's moral page continues to grow which is fantastic um we'll have some maple flavored tetonic burn rolling out here shortly which yes dude, i'm right. all over that man dude that's my favorite that stuff is delicious I'm not too that. not too sweet i mean it just has that oh so it it's hard to describe man it's just that oh so it has little to be bit experienced in, <laughs> dude it has to be it has, it has to, be. to be yeah yep. so and and the beauty is too you know it's going to charity you know so yeah. the proceeds proceeds from that um and yeah guys it, it's just been all good stuff uh, all, it's great all stuff. good stuff all good yeah, buddy. stuff and then yeah, keep man. an eye out and watch that show on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're excited about it. So, yeah, buddy. All right, man. Another one in the books, Rick. You know it, pal. All right. See you shortly, probably. We got all <laughs> kinds of things going on. Yes, you will. All right, pal. All right, pal. Thanks, Rick. See you, buddy. See you, buddy. Thank you.